Digital Deacon Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest edition of the Digital Deacon Podcast. Today I'm just wanting to reflect a little bit on one of the appearances of Jesus after he'd been raised from the dead. The story in particular I'll get into as I continue as this podcast carries on. But to begin with, we find ourselves in part of the Bible um, after Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women had gone early on the Sunday morning to Jesus' tomb to tend to his body. Now when they got there, the tomb was empty. And there were two men in shining white clothes who asked them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He has risen. Then they ran back and told the disciples, and many of the disciples did not want to hear what they had to say. But Peter ran off to the tomb, and when he got there, he found only the grave clothes lying by themselves. And this is where this gospel reading picks up, and it's Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 35. Later that same day, two of Jesus' friends were making their way to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Luke doesn't tell us why they were going there. Perhaps they were returning to the village that they came from, now that it seemed that this Jesus movement was over. They must have been filled with all kinds of questions. Could Jesus really just have been one of those wild-eyed preachers who'd spent too long out in the desert? They must have been wondering what on earth they'd gotten themselves into and what on earth they were going to do now. As they walked, they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. How could this have happened? Surely somebody could have stopped it. Did no one see Judas leave? What happened to Peter? What about the women? Was their story true? What did it all mean? Had the Romans or the priests taken Jesus' body away? While they were talking together and picking apart all that they had heard and seen over the last week and tried to make sense of how it had all changed so suddenly, they realised that someone had drawn up alongside them as they walked and talked. And they were listening to what they were saying. We know now that it was Jesus, but they were unable to see this for themselves. So Jesus began to reveal to them who he was. He didn't do it all in one go either. He helped them to put the pieces back together themselves. He said to them, what are you talking about? Both of you seem so sad. You can barely lift your heads from looking at the ground. What on earth could have happened to break you so? Jesus gradually reveals himself to the two disciples on the road. Firstly, by coming alongside them and trying to help them in their sorrows. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you only a foreigner in Jerusalem who does not know what has happened there in these days? 
At this point, Jesus plays ignorant and lets Cleopas pour out his story. He simply listens. Do you know what it feels like to be really listened to? Listened to without comment or query. This is what they train ministers and counsellors and mental first aid workers to do. So that they can care properly. And help people to work through their problems. So Jesus said to them, what things? They said to him, it's all about the man named Jesus of Nazareth. He was a mighty prophet who did amazing miracles and preached a powerful message in the sight of God and everyone around. Our chief priests and authorities handed him over to be executed, crucified. We had been hoping that he was the one. You know, the one who would liberate Israel and bring about all God's promises. Anyway. On top of all this, just this morning, the third day after the execution, some women in our group really shocked us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but they didn't see his body anywhere. Then they came back and told us that they did see something. A vision of heavenly messengers, and these messengers said that Jesus was alive. Some people in our group went to the tomb to check it out. And just as the women had said, it was empty. But they didn't see Jesus. He said to them, My friends, I think you may have missed the point. Do you not believe what the prophets have said? Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer all these things? And to enter his glory. Then starting with Moses and the prophets. Jesus walked them through the scriptures. Through the whole of God's story. Through all of God's involvement with the Hebrew people. He took them on a journey through the words that they knew so well. Words that they would have known from childhood. And pointed them to every word concerning him as they passed. And gradually, Jesus revealed himself more. Now, using the Bible as a way to help his friends to truly see him. That man before them revealed in scripture a thousand years in the making. In fact, more than a thousand years. Soon they came near to the village to which they were travelling. This stranger who'd been walking and talking with them for the last half an hour now started to walk on ahead, as if he was going further than Emmaus, as if his journey was not yet complete. Which, of course, it wasn't, but that's another story. Then we read this verse. We see Jesus testing his friends. Had they learnt from him? Did they understand the importance of serving others? Welcoming the stranger. What would have happened in this story 
if they had failed to offer Jesus a bed? If Jesus had kept on walking? Would these two have missed out on meeting the risen Christ and having their world changed? But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's almost dark and the day's pretty much over. Come, stay and eat with us. The road will still be here tomorrow. And so he went to stay with them. As he sat at supper with them, this stranger to them did something very odd. He took on the role of host, not guest. He took the bread that was to form the central part of this simple supper, a meal of hospitality. He took it, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he vanished from their sight. You can almost imagine their faces, can't you? Jesus is ultimately revealed to them in the breaking of bread. Just as he said in his teaching at the Last Supper, Do this and remember me. Jesus is revealed to us in the breaking of bread and communion. In sharing that meal, he is brought back among us. But it goes deeper than that. While communion serves as an important central place to worship as a ritualised form of the instructions of Jesus, the Last Supper itself and this supper in Emmaus were meals with friends, a time of fellowship and support and love. In a way, Jesus says, whenever you share a meal like this, then you shall remember me. When we share food and fellowship with friend or stranger, we share with Jesus as well. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he walked and talked with us on the way? And while he opened the scripture to us? The only thing that they could do now was to head straight back to Jerusalem. They rose and returned to Jerusalem at once. And they found the eleven. And those who were there with him assembled together. I said to them, The Lord has risen indeed. He appeared to Simon. Then they reported what had happened to them on the way. And how he was recognised by them in the breaking of the bread. So what does this, what should it, mean for us? Well, I think, as well as being a wonderful story, it gives us an answer to the question, which I've heard time and again, as I'm sure you have. How do we tell people about Jesus? How do we make Jesus known? How did Jesus make himself known in this reading? First, he came up alongside people. He listened to their story. He gave them time. He gave them concern. He gave them an outlet for their troubles to be heard. He gave them space. 
in an age of automated tills, why is it that people still go to the checkout with a human on it? In a world with all singing, all dancing bank machines, why do people still go to the person at the counter? When we have telephones, email and text messages, why do people still meet for coffee? When we have the God Channel, Dechrai Kanal, Songs of Praise, the Radio 4 Sunday service, why do people still go to church? Why is it that one of the things affecting us most in this time of lockdown is our reduced social interaction? We miss human contact, conversation and touch. This is why Zoom, Skype, Messenger, FaceTime, these have all become so important to us as the church. People need people. They need time. They need ears to listen to them. It is in seeing Christ in others and giving them the time that they need that they can turn and in turn see Christ in us. Jesus also makes himself known through the Bible. And it can seem a bit old-fashioned, a bit un-PC these days, to talk about the Bible, I know. Christians like myself seem more comfortable with the St Francis idea of preach the good news to all people and use words if necessary. But thinking that that means that you don't have to use words at all. The thing is, so few people know any Bible stories beyond the Nativity and Easter stories. Now is a great time to share these stories with people who may never have heard them. It has been said that the trouble with Christianity is that people have been inoculated with small doses of it since childhood and now they are immune. But this is no longer the case. In hearing the stories of the Bible shared with us for the first time, we hear God's story come alongside our own. Jesus became known in an offer of hospitality. This goes back to seeing Christ in those that we meet. It means offering such outrageous hospitality to those who come our way, that they feel part of our family. Hospitality is hugely important. And I've experienced some amazing hospitality in St. Clair's since moving here. But the one time I've encountered truly outrageous hospitality was in the Caribbean Methodist Church in Lazelles in Birmingham. From the very moment I walked into that Methodist church, I had 14 Jamaican grandmothers who saw it as their own personal mission to fill me up, to take care of me and to help me find my place in that community. There was even one lady who, knowing that I was a student, would regularly slip money into my hand as she shook it at the end of the service and then she would walk off. 
in that little church in that rough area of Birmingham with only 20 members, all far more tanned than me. I encountered Jesus every week without fail. Finally, Jesus is revealed in the breaking of bread. This is the simplest way that he reveals himself by far. Yes, people can meet Jesus for the first time in receiving Holy Communion. After all, this is why John Wesley considered it to be a converting ordinance. But Jesus can also be encountered through sharing some delicious cake baked by a friend. Jesus can be encountered in the pint of beer or the packet of crisps that you share with the chap that you go bowling with. Or the lunch with a friend that you haven't seen in a while. Or the cup of coffee that you are sharing with somebody that you're talking to via the internet using an app like Zoom or Facebook Messenger. Jesus walks beside us on the way. Jesus stands beside us while we remain in our houses. He just asks us to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see him. And then when we do, to share him with others that we meet along the way. Now, if any of you have any ideas for other things I should have a look at in this podcast, anything else I should talk about other than just sharing Sunday sermon type ideas with you, let me know, send me a message, leave a message on the blog, come to me via the uh, Facebook page, Eglois Heb Miriai, The Church Without Walls, or look me up on Twitter as The Digital Deacon. I'm found in all kinds of different places. There's even a link, I think, to the blog in the description of this podcast, wherever you've picked it up. So I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all staying sane. And check back for the next Digital Deacon podcast. God bless. Bye. Thank you.